This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about Crunch Chocolate Bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with Crunch. Right, did you get my pictures? Listen, this is the problem that I have. This is a fucking nightmare for me. Okay. Because I can't function in the world of nostalgia. Hello, and welcome to Memory Lane. I'm Jen Brister. And I'm Kerry Godleyman. Each week, we'll be taking a trip down Memory Lane with our very special guest as they bring in four photos from their lives to talk about. To check out the photos we'll be having a natter with them about, they're on the episode image and you can also see them a little bit more clearly on our Instagram page. So have a little look at Memory Lane Podcast. Come on, we can all be nosy together. Well, well, let's start. We can even talk about how there's loads, but we're only going to pick one. Yeah, no, we're talking. We are talking about that. Look, I I, I cannot p- pick... Yeah, no, this is talking. We haven't started. Talking is starting. We so haven't started. Started is t- talking is starting. No, talking is not. We've sta- discussed this. It's a flaccid opening. It's not flaccid. Fucking <laughs> hell! You're not supposed to call it flaccid. That's the that's no. It's a soft opening. Soft that- opening. That's it. But I think I like flaccid. <laughs> right. Okay. Now we've started. We've started now. Okay. Okay, so that bit, whatever was before, we haven't started. That's going in. Yeah, that's not, can't go in. That was just me saying, have we started for about two minutes? <laughs> Stop saying it! Stop <laughs> saying, have we started? I thought we were going to look... Right, okay, so we're, we're talking to you, Kerry, about your photographs. Yeah, because basically we had a guest who couldn't make it, so now we've decided... <laughs> don't, people don't it's need all to content, babe. information. It's all con- yeah, they do, they want it. Do they? Yes, it's, it's it. like okay. behind the curtain, isn't it? All right, well, someone didn't turn up. It was... And, uh, and so now we're, we're talking to we, me, I'm talking, Kerry's talking to herself and I'm talking with her about your photographs, Kerry, which, by the way, there are some absolute bangers here of you as a little one. Um, I didn't go into the boxes in the loft because then I don't think I'd have made it today because once I get into looking at old photos, I disappear. Um, well, I like that the last message you sent after sending all of those photos were was uh, shit. I've lost it. I'm going to bed. After these, you sent about... And these are the ones that 12. are just in my phone. No, you sent me about 15 photos, yeah, of which we only cope. need five. Yeah. I can't cope with it. Initially, <laughs> I just thought, I'll send you some funny photos with a couple of little stories. And then you went... And then in, I get caught up in... In the nostalgia of it. Yeah, and the, like, the narcissism of my biography. Where I'm like, oh, I was born in 1973. <laughs> it was a winter's night. I can't, I can't get my, I can't get my shoes on and get out the door because I'm just absorbed in nostalgia. I 
I want to first go to this picture of you. Look, we, we're gonna because these are all of you as a little as a little one. Some of them as a little one, and then some are like attached to and some of them jobs and more re- over the last few oh, years. Oh yeah, yeah, but. Then- but let's look at these ones of when you're small first. Okay, so we've got okay, one okay. of you here. And uh, you're in a yellow swimming costume. You've got a lovely sun hat on, yeah, Kerry. I mean, what it screams the 1970s, doesn't it? You very it? cute, weren't you, when you were cute? I think I was, babe. I think you were. I was cute. Yeah, you were cute. <laughs> <laughs> look at your little cheeky face. And where was that? That looks very British to yeah, me. Yeah, I don't like know a... off the top of my head, but I'd speculate it's Dorset or somewhere like that. Classic English holiday. So is that what you, when you were, when you were a youngster, is that what you did with the family? You went... Did you? We, we did a did, lot of. We did a lot of, of camping. holidays. Camping in England. No, we didn't do camping. We, yeah. we stayed in chalets and in What's caravans. A you know, like if you go to Butlins, oh. prefab. No, we didn't do any of that. We, we went camping. We okay. were proper camping. Well, so I kind of think. The, oh, right, fair enough. I mean, I'm sort of coming Four right kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really hard. But they're so cheap. They're cheap holidays. And then, you know. You get... But you still love camping. I it's do. not like you've lost. I think Chloe's the same. She loves camping, and it's there is a, a nostalgia. It must be childhood. Yeah, it's like she goes, "Oh, it just really reminds me of when I was a kid, and we used yeah. to go to the New Forest." And I'm like, "It sounds horrific," especially when she showed me but the look side at my happy face. the tent they picture. stayed in. Yes, you look very happy. Yeah. You look really happy. We used to have a lot of really good holidays when I was a kid. I think when I was little, did your it... mum enjoy them? Yeah, she loved them. Did she? Yeah. I've spoken to her about it since, and she did. And, and now I feel like I'm constantly trying to recreate. So for my children, I'm obsessed with holidays. I go mad when I'm booking a holiday. Know. You know, I've looped you in on it. Yeah. Um, I get really into it, and I'm sure that a bit of it is trying to recreate my childhood. Because I did have really lovely holidays as a kid. Yeah. I but could do a whole episode of this. Just on, on your holidays. holidays. <laughs> Just That's a holidays. different podcast, Kerry. Yeah, and then I could do one on worky sort of pictures, and then I could do one on family picture. I can't pin my life down to four photos. Do you then. know what this podcast is? Because <laughs> you I are one of the really hosts. Bad that we ask people to do this. It's I know hard. this is it is hard, which is why we just say keep it vague, mate. Keep it general. Yeah, I'm not good. You've at not that. gone. You've gone very specific. I've gone mad. Given gone about, I have got a lot of time on my hands at the moment. I know. I'm beginning to wish you had a job now. <laughs> Maybe if you had less time, we'd have less I, photos. I, I I do have a lot of free time. So I did have a, a, a lot of opportunity to look at these pictures. So, yes, the my childhood was in the 70s. That's probably in Dorset. And it's all my childhood, childhood pictures scream of the 70s. They've yeah. got that. You that have tone. printers for yeah. that now, don't you? Well, it's, all of them, all of the pictures have that kind of 70s sheen to it where it's sort of like, everything looks a little bit faded mm-hmm. and uh, sort of... Sepia. It's got the it's got a tinge that yeah you could definitely put on Instagram now and you've got it you've created it naturally yeah totally so but I quite like the aesthetic of like I know we're not going to do all of them but no, I, for the love when of you Christ. put <laughs> I do quite like that I had a slightly that one you like me in the green dungarees you I had a slightly really I had bohemiany like, like my mum and dad were a bit hippie-ish. so things like that I quite like I quite like it that. Clearly, my enthusiasm for gardening is evident from my childhood. Like, I'm, I was just looking at that one of me in a Spanish dress, and there's like loads of really orderly leeks growing in the background. Oh yeah! And I'm like, oh, I, I think some of my enthusiasms can be found in these 
pictures. Well, I mean, you have very specific hobbies that you love. One of them is holidays. And holidays. one of them is gardening. Gardening, camping. And camping. And we can see all of those in each of these photographs. Yeah. And I love that in, I think, at least three of them, you've got your... In fact, in all of them, you're wearing an... <laughs> You're wearing a beaded necklace. What's that about? I've still got that beaded necklace. You, did your mum just like to put you in choking? Oh, yeah, you're right. I have got the same little... I wear that now and then. It's an ankle chain now. Do you? Yeah, it still goes Where, around my where's ankle. Where's it from? Why did your mum... I don't know. Like I said, my mum was a bit of a hippie. She used to have a stall up Portobello Road when I was oh, little. Yeah. And... I just had a lot of retro... Me in that Spanish dress, that's probably... That's probably a, literally a vintage... Spanish dress. I mean, like, I just had, she always had beads and necklaces and like sort of chunky jewellery. And oh, that shirt I'm wearing with those dungarees is probably a 1940s shirt. It looks it. I just always had that sort of gear. Well, you look like you had, I mean, so you got that hairdo as well. Where did you, (laughs) you got the bangs. Where did you grow up? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Greenford in the borough of Ealing. So that's West London. Yeah, West London. End of the Central Line. Do your parents still sort of live around? They there? still live in the same house that I grew up in. That's mad. That no my mum has relentlessly that. slagged off. I mean, apologies to anyone listening from Greenford, but it's not great. It's not a great place. And my mum has always hated it, and she still lives there. Why? She they, still why lives did, there. Why don't your parents move? They can move. Well, they are aware is, of it. That's yeah, the million dollar question. My dad isn't won't it? move. My dad won't move. My dad's from North Alt, which is one stop along on the central line. So he's Green, already moved. He's he's done his big move. He's, he's done a big move already. He's he can't did move it. twice in a lifetime. Yeah. That's a lot actually. Yeah, he did it. It was huge. <laughs> he went one stop. I'm sure he didn't carry all his gear one stop. But um and I used to do that same journey one stop back to North Alt to go to my secondary school. <laughs> North Alt High. Oh, did you? Yeah. It's so weird, like, because I grew up also in the suburbs. Yeah, you're because, Kingston, aren't you? Yeah, I'm Kingston. But because we didn't have that connection, like, we got, you, you know, you could get the tube. train to Waterloo. We went on a tube. Mm. I think there's a different kind of vibe of the end of the tube. Line. Yeah, there's a definite distinct, because I was thinking about this the other day, because I remember getting the tube to school and we used to look at the tube and it was like this access to the world. Yeah. And I remember looking at the other end of the central line and thinking, ooh, what goes on in Ongar? <coughs> What does go what on in Ongar? What goes on in Ongar? I don't even know if the central line goes to Ongar anymore. I've, someone once told me it's in Essex. It, but it, I used to sort of it think... It does go all the way to Essex, Woodford and around that Epping. Yeah, it used to go all the way to Ongar. And I used to sort of imagine, what if I just stayed on this train and you, went all the way? You were dreaming big. How I was dreaming big. I would have said stop at Tottenham Court Road and get yeah, off. Yeah, no, get off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. All of these are like really cute. And there's a picture, there's a couple of pictures here where you're with your mum and your brother, who I have met a couple of times at Glastonbury Festival. Yeah, you hung out with my brother. And were you and your brother close? Not massively so. Like, we're quite a big age gap. It's quite a big gap, isn't it? Yeah, we're six year age gap. (gasps) Is it six? Yeah, it's quite big, isn't it? We're close. We sort of got closer as we've become adults. 
But as we were kids, when we oh, were six kids, is too big. It's too big. Like we were never at the same school at the same no, time. No, not you. We didn't. We didn't even go to the same secondary schools. No, I didn't go to the same secondary schools as my brothers because they went to a grammar school and I right. went to a convent all girls school wow yeah i know wow um, that's another podcast but yeah that is that's a podcast in itself see i went to a, a comprehensive school in northolt and it was the same school that used to be my dad's secondary modern and my uncle and aunt's um grammar Bloody so they combined hell, the old grammar absolutely kept it in the family this well, whole this is, stay yeah, in west I mean, london that, i mean that is what people sort of did for Hundreds of years, they no. just stayed in their patch. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I wouldn't want to live in Greenfield now. I wouldn't want to live over that side now. I know there's there's something about once you leave, and I really felt this once I left Kingston. I was like, I can't go back. No. I've left. But Kingston's quite nice, but yeah, you wouldn't want to go back. Um, my mum had a stall at Portobello Road, and my dad worked up at Portobello Road. You could have moved that way. They tried. They looked at That's it, where my dad grew up. But they my, didn't have any money. Yeah. They didn't have that sort of money. But that's where, because that's where my dad's from. His whole family are from Westbourne Park, Yeah, see, that whole patch is lovely. And my mum would have gone in a blink. She would have gone and fully lived that bohemian lifestyle. Yeah, your mum would have been happy in a, in a flat. But in my dad Hill. wouldn't go. And they couldn't quite afford it. They weren't quite in that sort of price bracket. No one is. No, certainly not now. No one is in that price bracket. Even but the... I did used to love being at Portobello Road when I was a kid. I re- it was a, it's a very vivid memory of being like sat on her store she used to sell second-hand clothes i was gonna ask what your mom said yeah she used to sell second-hand vintagey clothes they didn't call they called them second-hand then all these phrases like vintage pre-loved yeah yeah, yeah. you know but- they weren't used it was second-hand second-hand clothes she had loads of 40s and 50s gear there used Ooh. to be a record shop down the end of the because it was one of those old arcades and there was a bloke who sold old like vinyl records at the end so the music is quite vivid in fact, that whole air, the music is very vivid. The music there. in that part of London is always, for me, sort of like a mixture of kind of like reggae, reggae and a lot of reggae. And, it's sort of carnival yeah, patch, yeah. and weirdly, like I always associate the Clash with that area as well. Yeah, I remember loving it as a kid, and I do feel like if you go there now, it's nothing like it doesn't. It doesn't like when I go to Notting Hill now because I, 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 we used to go. The to market's Notting... still got a good. Vibe. I still yeah, now and then go but to it doesn't Bellarose. feel the same. It was so hectic back then, yeah. and it was all mishmashed. And I we still used... quite like it. That market under the Westway is really good. We used to go that way because there was a Spanish um, shop. Yeah, and we used to, my mum would go there to buy all the stuff that she can't get because you you know where we lived, there was nowhere to buy all that stuff. So we would go there, and my mum would like buy all of her like spanish stuff you yeah, know yeah. you know like whatever it was she used to buy like tins of squid and i don't know like sugared almonds and all the kind of treats and stuff that yeah, my mum yeah. uh, taste of home taste of home so that's why we would go up you know not that often maybe once every three months Did you ever or something. Go to not when we not when we were kids because i think it, my mum was like it's just too hectic yeah, yeah, it's so i didn't go until i was an adult until i was like in my 20s yeah 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 it's fun though it was really i've only been fun. a few times but except if you need the toilet and then it becomes <sighs> the one time it worked for me carnival well, you know when things come together a friend happened to be renting a flat on oh well then the that's route. A, you're and a it's ne- i'm never gonna get that no. back that was the one time i could enjoy it because i could piss yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all the... I want from a carnival. I've realised is a, a beer and access to a toilet. Yeah, yeah, and if you can't give me, if if one or the other isn't available, access to a toilet but no beer. Again, it's not the same. <laughs> I won't be coming. I won't be you. going. I'm not going to enjoy. Um, it. But my dad worked then 
uh, in a shop because my dad's a violin maker and restorer. Do you know what? I don't think I've ever known what your father does. Yeah, he's a so violin maker. So your dad is a violin maker. Which oh is my mad, God, isn't it? Kerry, that isn't is so that weird niche. Thing? It's like something from a fairy tale. What do you mean? Okay, so the story of my dad because this is it is funny. But there's no pictures of your dad here. No, I don't know why. I'll bring one in next time. I've got some lovely pictures of my dad. He left school at 16, went straight into an apprenticeship that happened to be making violins. Was that something that he was like, oh, no, yeah. he could have oh. as easily gone to become an electrician <laughs> or a plumber. He just went for that apprenticeship. But <laughs> I, see, I see your dad is very this much is a like, one route kind of guy. Well, he just left school. That's what they did. It was yeah, like yeah. that sort of boom age. I don't know what year it would have been. And he just got an apprenticeship. And that's, I mean, as it happens, I think he did. He, he was, must have enjoyed it. He was quite attracted to It's called a Luthian violin maker. How Making many like, violin makers are there in the well, world? Quite. And it's not like, I think some in musical instruments, you can just make them with machines, obviously, in the 20th century. But they are still the ones that are made by hand. Violins yeah. are? Yeah. I think you can make them mass produced by a machine, but they're preferred, you know, Proper musicians prefer a handmade instrument. Oh wow! So it was. He had. An, it wasn't like we were rich on it, but he had a good job and he did a proper apprenticeship for a firm. So who did he work for? He worked for a company. I think they were called Cranston's, Cranston's. or maybe that came later. That I was don't know anything about violins. One. I've just asked you a question. Oh god, that's going to drive me mad because he. It, the building is still there in Hanwell where he trained it's gone out of my head but anyway he did it from the age of 16 and then they trained him up and then he worked there for some years and then him and a few colleagues set up their own company and that's when they had the shop so that must feel that's like a formative part of your that area is yeah. a formative part of yeah your on a saturday up. yeah on a saturday that was quite a big problem like i would have gone every saturday with my mum to the store wow do you still do you take the kids i mean like rarely now and then but we don't i don't know anyone over that patch no, I know, but there's something about... And then when about... I was a bit older, my dad went self-employed. And so through most of, from about the age of, well, I don't know, about 10, my dad worked from home. He just always worked in the garage. Before it was a thing, working from home. Before COVID? Yeah, before working <laughs> from home was a thing, my dad was in the shed. That must have done your mum's head in. Oh, no, she loved it because it meant she could go out and do what she wanted to do. Oh. My dad was at home. Oh. My dad was like doing school, you know, all the... Drops and picks and teas. Yeah, and... yeah. I mean, my mum was around as well, but I, I was never scared of this life that we have. Cho- this self-employed life. No, my because dad. My was mum a... and dad were around. Yeah, my dad was self-employed, so I always feel like, or always worked normal. on. Con- he was a contractor, so right. he always worked on a contract. What did so, your dad do? Um, structural engineering, and that's he... a proper job. And did that from school. Same generation. They got proper apprenticeships. Yeah. They got a trade, Jen. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, we can't go into what my dad, what my dad, because he's such a wily bloke. But um, that's yeah, he, that's, that is that's a whole, one called that's Dads. Actually, that's Wily Dads. Wily Dads, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that's that's 22 years in therapy. Um, but his, his, his uh, craft, uh, apprenticeship was draftsman. Right. And then that was the first stage into structural engineering uh, and then you could stay as a draftsman you didn't need to move up that was that's a legitimate wanted... but he wanted to make more money and he wanted to you know be able to have um more choices in terms of because my dad never wanted to work from one firm he wanted to be able to go I'll work here for a bit then i work here for a bit then i work here which for a now bit. is completely normal absolutely but was completely not normal back yes, then it was normal different. that you got a job you stayed at the job salary. and you stayed there until you retired yeah but he was like, nah, I don't want to do that. I want to work here. I want to work there. I want to be a little bit of cheeky thing. Get Which I totally cash 
there. there. Yeah, so he, that's what he did. And so he was always, one of the things I always got from my dad was like, you don't have to work for anyone. You can always work for yourself. But look at what we do now. There's got to be something in... All of my brothers are... All of the jobs. No, we're all, none of us have ever had. See, I think there must be something in that. Like, I just was always, I saw how my mum and dad worked, and they were both always freelancers. The one time my mum had a job, job, she worked for Bentles in Ealing Broadway, and then they sacked her because she wouldn't wear flesh coloured tights. And she'd argue the yes. toss with them about what colour flesh they didn't That's specify. That's so true. You had to wear flesh colour tights. And she was like, well, you didn't say what colour flesh. And they were like, don't be facetious. <laughs> and she got laid off. <laughs> I love it. No, your mum wasn't meant to have a boss. She wasn't she meant to have a boss and be told to wear boss. flesh coloured tights. Or be told to do anything, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Fair play. So, yeah, that was the only time that my mum had a sort of... Um, I mean, I think she had jobs over the years. But she, my mum and dad were both freelancers. And they always worked for themselves. Okay, well, we're looking at this photograph of you in... What the hell are you wearing? Right, I'm I'm in Svalbard. Which is in Norway. It's an island more northerly than Norway. It's wow. like the most northerly... It's the most northerly inhabited part of the world. What? What? Because what? you were... Uh, I was there filming for a fi- there. Yeah, what was the show that you were filming? So I was filming a thing called Treadstone, which was like a spin-off from the yes. Bourne films. Treadstone. Didn't you have to go to... I, I had... thought you had to go to, to Budapest for that for some reason. Yeah, I did. I was in Budapest loads. And then we had a couple of scenes that were set in Alaska. So it was shot in Svalbard. And we were... I was there for literally 24 hours, flown in. There were all kinds of problems with the... I remember when we were flying, we were on a tiny little jet uh, and... It was genuinely dangerous. And one of the other actors who was ex-military sort of casually said, this is bad. And what do you mean? Ca- as in, like, as in there were the, you know those flaps? I mean, I don't know the, what the proper term is, but when you're on an aeroplane and yeah. those flat bits. Oh, those flat they bits were frozen. flap up and down. They were frozen. Oh, that's and I think really they're quite bad. key to aerodynamics. I think they might be, yeah. <laughs> and I he think, looked well, out the window. Anything to do with the wings is key. Yeah, it's all key. It's quite key, yeah. Um, and he looked out the window and just went, that's bad. That's bad. Like, would you mean, I mean, I what? <laughs> Starting what? to feel like you're on one of, you know, that we're, this yeah. is, but like, no, we're not going to come back. Oh, my God. Um, what happened? We had to turn around and go back to, so we'd been in the air, we got, we were circling Svalbard. Yeah. And then they went, we can't land because of these flaps. <laughs> because of these frozen flaps. Okay. So we had to go back to Norway, to the mainland of Norway. Right, okay. Um, Where were you flying from in Norway? Some northerly part, I don't know. Not Oslo. We were north. We were somewhere else. No, no. You'd have to be if you were in one of those It was chaos. It was a really chaotic thing, but it was also quite exciting. Like, things like that are quite... Like, I I didn't genuinely think we were going to crash. I just felt like it was fine. It was quite an adventure. But anyway... Do you remember years ago when you did my radio show and we did a sketch, you did a sketch where you played an Australian um, paddy instructor? Yeah. So I've always had this sort of slight fascination with when you're in a situation where people... So people go to Svalbard for pleasure, right? Yeah, sure. For fun. There's tourism there. I bet. But basically it's fucking dangerous. So I'm dressed up. I'm dressed up like that because the temperature is so Cold. cold... That they say if you get your hand out to do something, 
Your hand will fall off. Your hand might fall off. And that if you go outside a certain part of the... Why are they filming it there? Can't they film somewhere with ice and just go and pretend it's cold? Exactly. It was mad. And like they said, don't go out of this particular vicinity and if you do, take a gun. If you do, take a gun? Yeah, because there's like polar bears walking about. So, you know when you're like being told that something's fun, like that paddy thing when they were trying to describe like getting the bends and I'm like, I'm on holiday and they're talking about like bleed on the brain... And then I just find these circumstances quite funny where you're like, I'm not, ha- I mean, there's peril. This is, this genuine and also, jeopardy. I'm just here to do, I'm just here to, have to do a little bit of either acting. a nice time or just film a scene. Yeah. What are you talking about? A gun? <laughs> also, but the best one in the world, Kerry, you can't move in this. I couldn't If move. something's coming for you, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. What are you going to do? Roll over? Roll away from it? I mean... That is what I was told to wear. That's not me dressing up for laughs. I was put in that gear and told... It does look really beautiful. There's something about the light there. Oh, it was really stunning. It really, really was that, beautiful. That is quite... I mean, those sort of places... Like, I, don't, I mean, I've, I've never thought of anything as quite as extreme You'd as that. you never but... go. No, no. Unless but... in this circumstance for work. Exactly. But they do look quite sort of magical. breathtaking and magical, yeah, don't it was. they? It really was. I'm, I'm glad I was only there a day. I don't think I'd have wanted or needed to be there. But oh, how about this for Bleak? They've got a seed vault there. Yes, I've heard about this mm. in case of Armageddon. Yes. Yeah. So every seed of every plant all over the world. Uh. And it's kept there because the temperature is cold, cold enough, enough yeah. um, in theory to reboot. Agriculture. Oh my God, that is one of the bleakest things. Isn't it? I mean, I'm glad it's there because God knows we're heading that way, but that is B L E A K. Yeah. That's bleak, by the way. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, I just thought I'd tell you, I thought that picture would be able to. Absolutely. Good to end on a high. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, there were other options, but I just thought that picture was amusing. It is amusing. And it, do you know what? I mean, like, we. <laughs> <laughs> the circumstances of we've gone uh, from seventy this... childhood to Armageddon. Yeah. Wow, we've we've missed what quite, a journey. We've missed quite a lot of photographs <laughs> in between, and in between that, Kerry became a stand-up comedian and actor. Listen, the end. I've treated this as an opportunity to just do a lucky dip of various pictures. Yeah. So if and when we take, we can do another. We lucky can do dip. another one of these. We can do another lucky dip for when another guest doesn't. You can turn bring up. me. Oh, we've done. We did do an episode with you, but I'm sure we've you've done got it. More we've done you've me. Got more There's t- nothing else to say. Come on, don't be ridiculous. No, we've really milked it. In fact, fuck the guest. Let's just keep going with this shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, this has been fun. Let's do it again, Kerry. Um, catch. This is uh, Kerry Godleyman's um, Memory Lane podcast, part one. Let me tell you, it's not going to be this. It's not going to be the last time we talk to Kerry about her life and her photographs. 